Welcome to Salad with a Side of Fries. I'm your host, Jen Trepic, talking wellness and weight loss for real life. We're here to clear up the myths, misinformation, bad science, and marketing to teach you how to eat and how to cheat. Are you ready? I'm having salad with a side of fries. This week, we're talking about quercetin. So this was one, I actually didn't get to cover it in our episode that was the supplements Q&A. And I was surprised, actually, because I heard it was the number one most Googled nutrient in 2021. So let's talk about it. What is quercetin? What does it do? How do we get it? All the good things. So quercetin is really, it's like flavonoids, which we hear about all the time. So it's found naturally in foods, in plants, like onions, apples, berries, sometimes in teas, red wines, you'll see it. Some trees like Japanese pagoda tree. And it's essentially an antioxidant which we've talked about plenty of times before. So antioxidants help fight oxidative stress or squander free radicals. And in English, I know, (laughs) this means that essentially it helps fight inflammation. What's also interesting about quercetin and why I think it was so highly searched last year was because it is certainly connected to our immune system and can help maintain cellular health. So a really unique factor of quercetin's function in the body is its action as a zinc ionophore. So let me English again, I promise. So this means, so quercetin assists our body in using zinc. So it helps transport the zinc across the lipid membrane of cells, right, in the body for healthy aging and supporting a healthy immune system. So It bears repeating, right? This is one of the most abundant flavonoids in foods, which means that we can get it from our food choices. It certainly depends on the types of food, the amount of food that somebody's eating. And for reference, right, the average daily intake of quercetin absorbed by the body is thought to be about between like 10 and 100 milligrams. So 10 to 100 milligrams is about what our body absorbs based on our nutrition choices. And when we look at the research, the health benefits seem to require more than that dosage. So let's look at some of these studies. And I want to preface this to say, we need more research. What's here is interesting and promising, and we need more. We need more human studies. We need more studies on all of it, but it's interesting. So I'm repeating again that it's an antioxidant. And when we think of antioxidants, right, we're thinking of protection against free radicals and inflammation. So studies and the claims or when somebody would want to use quercetin is in connection to any sort of state that has stems from inflammation, which is really almost anything, but in particular, you know, inflammatory challenges. So studies show that quercetin reduced markers of inflammation in human cells, including the molecules tumor necrosis factor alpha, so TNF-alpha and interleukin-6. So it helps to address total systemic inflammation. And then when we think of inflammation, we often also think of arthritis, allergies are common diagnoses there. So looking at those specifically, a study on 50 women with rheumatoid arthritis 
for eight weeks showed participants who took 500 milligrams of quercetin experienced significantly reduced early morning stiffness, morning pain, and after activity pain. With regard to the allergies, there are animal studies and test tube studies which show that quercetin may block enzymes involved in inflammation, therefore suppressing inflammation-promoting chemicals like histamine, right? We think of allergies and allergy seasons, <laughs> right? Histamine. And one study showed that taking quercetin supplements suppress peanut-related anaphylactic reactions in mice. So again, we need some human studies, but it's promising. So you may also hear about quercetin in conversations about cancer, Alzheimer's, and heart disease. So I want to talk about those. So again, the benefits in these disease states goes back to its antioxidant properties. With regard to cancer, so there was a review of test tube studies and animal studies that found quercetin-suppressed cell growth and induced cell death in prostate cancer cells and similar effects in liver, lung, breast, bladder, blood, colon, ovarian, lymphoid, and adrenal cancer cells. Interesting. Regarding Alzheimer's and even dementia, right? Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So there was a study published in 2015 in neuropharmacology where they gave mice, so the mice had Alzheimer's disease, and the mice received quercetin injections every two days for three months at a dose of 25 milligrams per kilogram. By the end of the study, the mice showed a reversal of several markers of Alzheimer's, and the mice performed better on learning tests. In another study, a quercetin-rich diet reduced markers of Alzheimer's disease and improved brain function in mice at early middle stage of the condition, but the diet had little to no effect on animals with middle to late stage Alzheimer's. So there are pieces of this that we really need to look into more. Another interesting thing, maybe you've heard about coffee connected to lowering risk of Alzheimer's disease. And there's some research showing that it might be the quercetin in the coffee, not caffeine, that's potentially responsible for this potential protection. And then heart disease, so specifically blood pressure has been the subject of most of these studies. So in test tube studies, the compound appeared, so quercetin, appeared to have a relaxing effect on blood vessels. There was a study published in 2001 where they gave mice with high blood pressure 10 milligrams per kilogram of quercetin every day for five weeks. The mice so systolic and diastolic blood pressure values, so the upper and lower numbers, both decreased. The upper number by an average of 18% and the lower number by an average of 23%. This claim, you know, with the blood pressure does have a few human studies. Somebody did a review of nine human studies, which included 580 people and found that taking more than 500 milligrams of quercetin in a supplement form every day, reduce systolic and diastolic blood pressure. So again, all of these require more studies and more human studies. You may also hear about quercetin to combat aging, improve exercise performance, and blood sugar control. So real quick, because it's you know very fitting for the things that we talk about all the time, the fitness and the blood sugar. So on the fitness front, 
Researchers reviewed 11 human studies and concluded that taking quercetin may slightly improve endurance. So they measured this by looking at VO2 max. And while the improvement was statistically significant, it was also described as trivial and small. (laughs) So, you know, I think it's also worth noting here the median dosage in all these studies was about 1,000 milligrams per day, right? So certainly more than what we're getting through food and potentially, you know, not dramatic benefit, right? With the blood sugar, though, there's research on both humans and animals, which indicates that quercetin may reduce fasting blood sugar levels and protect against complications of diabetes. So in these studies, it looks like doses were sort of needed to be over 500 milligrams a day or somewhere between like 10 and 50 milligrams per kilogram. And they were taken for a minimum of eight weeks. So also not overnight, (laughs) right? And I think just in general, this is all really intriguing. We need more, but maybe you want to try it. So how do we get it, right? As I mentioned at the beginning, quercetin is very common in foods. So some of those foods are onions, apples, grapes, berries, broccoli, citrus fruit, cherries, green tea, coffee, red wine, capers, yellow and green peppers, cooked asparagus, right? You could Google and find more, but I feel like that gives you a great jumping off point. And we also noted, right, eating such foods might give us 10 to 100 milligrams a day. And then we also saw that in the research, the doses were much higher. So we'd have to be eating significant amounts of these foods. Although the other side of that, as we've talked about, and you know, if you haven't heard this episode, it's from early on, the organic GMO or local episode where we sort of talked about the quality of our foods. And that plays into this. So how much quercetin we're going to get from those foods really is a factor of how it was grown and the soil it was grown in. So with these variations and how much of some of these foods are you going to eat in a day (laughs) to see some of these benefits, supplementation might be interesting. So with supplements, we want to look at the formulation so that it will also support the body's use of quercetin. So there's some research showing that quercetin has low bioavailability, meaning that the body absorbs it rather poorly. So you could look for supplements that also have vitamin C, digestive enzymes or bromelain, or other compounds that can help increase the absorption. Research also shows that quercetin has a synergistic effect, so everything works better, that synergy, when combined with other flavonoid supplements like resveratrol or catechins. And, you know, we've talked about resveratrol before too. So The one I've tried has 300 milligrams of quercetin dihydrate and is formulated with some other antioxidants. So I'll put a link to that one in the show notes if you want to take a look at it or give that one a try. As always, if you are allergic to any of these foods or the ingredients, stay away. Speak to your pharmacist if you are taking any medications to ensure that you are safe from any interactions. And... There is some evidence that potentially taking more than 1,000 milligrams of quercetin a day could cause, you know, some headaches or stomach aches or tingling sensations. So be aware, pay attention, use caution. (laughs) But generally, I think there's a lot of promise here with quercetin. So 
have a look, see what you think. All right, Tina, thank you again for being here. Just appreciate your energy and enthusiasm. As always, everybody, I'm your host, Jen Trepic. Connect with me on Instagram at Jen Trepic, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. We also have an Instagram handle for the podcast. So it's salad with a side of fries pod on Instagram. All other social media, I'm Jen Trepic, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. Send a message. I can't wait to hear your takeaways, your ideas, any questions. And these are also the easiest ways to reach out to learn more about working with me to help you reach your health and weight goals. Of course, if you're not already a member, join our membership program by going to glow.fm slash salad with a side of fries. This shows your support for this podcast, this community, and above all, supports your health. You'll get this week's recipe for the baked or grilled honey mustard chicken. So remember, your kitchen can be convenient. So do one thing this week to feel ease and joy in your kitchen. Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of Salad with a Side of Fries. Congratulations for making yourself and your health a priority. Thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to click subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. Share us with a friend and we'll be back next week. Always remember, you deserve it and you are worth it. Happy healthy.